The professional interests and personal priorities of our hosts result in regular child development coupled with educational and brain learning conversations. Join in as Dr. Larry Mercer and Michelle Charles bring their expertise before the microphone as part of an ongoing dialogue between this father and daughter duo on Let's Build Their Brain. We started the previous episode talking about why. Today, we'll start by talking about how. Let's think of neurodidactic principles as we try to understand how does learning happen. Learning happens when a child interacts with their environment and the people they come in in contact with in such a way that the experience is embedded into their brains. I'll mention a little bit of a caveat here that we may talk about more later. That is, if a child does not feel safe, it severely hampers the learning process. On the other hand, if a child feels safe and secure, it really frees up the brain to really take in all that they're experiencing. The three main steps to the process, one is what's called sensory activation. A child's senses are activated by what they hear, see, feel, taste, and smell. What literally happens is when when we interact with our environment, uh, signals are sent back to the brain and the neurons fire together and that forms the basis for memory and learning. Then there's what's called encoding. It's encoded again to the brain through these repeated experiences through sight, sound, uh, uh, what we hear. And then the final step of the process is recall or retrieval where we're able to, based on some type of an association, retrieve what we uh, have experienced. Simply stated, our experience drives learning. So there's a lot happening during that learning process. With that in mind, what things should we be mindful of that can further impact the how of learning? Well, I would say it's important to understand that learning takes place in both the concentrated attention level and at peripheral levels of perception. Let me let me explain what I mean by that. Let's say you're walking by a bakery and you smell uh, the odor. Uh, really a cloud of chemicals kind of uh, swirl your nose and identifying that smell is a really complicated process. <laughs> You'd be surprised to know that we have more than 450 different olfactory receptors. And uh, some people have estimated that the average person can detect about one trillion different smells. So that's happening both on a, uh, a concentrated level. You're thinking, okay, I'm driving by the bakery. I'm smelling the uh, odor of that fresh baked donut. But a whole bunch of other stuff is happening on the background that you're never even aware of. So it's peripheral as well as concentrated. And, and for me, I like uh, I like jelly donuts. So I'm, I like a certain kind of a concentrated smell. But then there are all kinds of other peripheral smells that my, my, my nose is taking in. And it, it's depositing in the brain. And when I go back to that bakery, it's what's happening is I'm making all those associations, again, on an attention level and a peripheral level as well. So when we think about that, that experience and memory creating and associations there, what can we do to make the most of information when we want someone to learn it? Kind of build on what I said earlier is to be aware that learning is taking place on both a, a conscious and 
unconscious level, our children are taking in the sights, the sounds, the smells on a conscious level, but they're also taking in the things that we bring into the world on a subconscious level. The people you bring in and out of the world, uh, the images that you let them view on television, the music you let them hear uh, on a stereo, or I shouldn't say a stereo, on a recorder or MP3 or whatever the latest technology is, uh, all those things are, uh, are going into the brain and different kinds of associations are being formed and whether we realize it or not, they're learning. And sometimes what they're learning are things we want them to learn and sometimes uh, they're learning things we don't want them to learn, which means that we have to be very, very intentional. Bakes makes me think of little guy, what I've, I've kind of come to think of of some mirror moments, things that I'm like, where did that come from? Or how did he know that? It's like, oh, that was never explicitly taught, but that's just a reflection of what he's seeing or what he's hearing or something he's picking up in the environment. It's kind of interesting because I know you have him in martial arts, for example, and there are all kinds of things that the instructor is teaching on a conscious level. Uh, there are different forms he's learning, but there's also some things he's learning on an unconscious level. Uh, there's also, while he's involved in that environment, and I think you shared with me that the lead is it the senior person that leads out? How, so how does the warm-up phase, the highest ranking belt who's present will lead the warm-up procedures? So on the conscious level, he's learning that uh, my rank has an impact on my status as far as how I lead the group. On the unconscious level, there's all kinds of things that are being learned and picked up on. And even the process of, of, of him. I think you told me that when they, they call out the, the sequence of calisthenics and all those, I mean, there's so many things happening to teach the, the children the discipline and and the motivation and all kinds of things that happen that matters. What we put in our environment, uh, how we structure things, all those things have a profound impact what a child what a child learns what other neurodidactic principles better help us understand the habit of learning well i think uh it, it is interesting because as i think about all these things i think about how it all how it all comes together and i think about the fact that there is a a, a process where the instructor is talking to them so the brain learns both in part and in whole so that uh, if we say something, if we see something, it impacts one part of our brain. If we hear something, it impacts another part of our brain. If we move, it impacts another part of our brain. And I'm pretty confident that in martial arts, it's probably a great example because there's probably things that they're doing that involve hearing, things that involve that doing that involves movement. Remember, we talked about the fact the brain is a is a physical uh, learning is a physical process. And, um, and also we've learned that brain learning is a social process. So putting all the parts of the brain, as many parts of the brain as possible at work, will make an impact on the ability for us to learn. So that, that's really really a key point. Tell me, tell me what you're hearing. I'm not sure I'm being clear with that in terms of that whole concept of the brain learns a part in and whole. Uh, what, what do you hear me say? Because I want to be clear about that because I think that's terribly important. It's important to keep the the big picture in mind is what comes 
to mind as I think about that. You don't want to get lost in the details that they miss out on the big picture. But at the same time, the details are important. So basically, the, you have to strike that balance and keep both of those parts and whole in mind as you are seeking to help someone learn information. Yeah, what's interesting to me as I think about this is it, it can either be viewed as work or fun. And I, I know that I know that when you're, at least a few times I've gotten a chance to ride with you in the recent days when the little man's in the car, I know he's 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 noticing signs. He's he's noticing things around, and he's he's taking in what's happening around him and being able to identify the route based on things he's seen. And uh, those all are part of the process of making that learning an active, engaging process, where he's interacting with his environment in a dynamic way, not in a passive way. I think it's important for those who care for children to make sure that learning is dynamic. It's not just a passive process. It's not just rote things. You know, we, we haven't talked about a lot, but the different types of memory, there's declarative memory, where you recall facts and, and figures and things like that. And there's procedural memory where you, you're involved in maybe riding a bicycle or, or doing something like that. So we have to make sure that we understand that how we structure a child's environment, how we have them engaged in their environment, makes a profound impact on the ability to to store those those images. Because remember, the neurons that fire together, wire together. So the more we have different parts of the brain at work, the more deeply embedded the learning process can be. Well, let's recap what I was hearing you communicate is what I, several neurodidactic principles that we discussed today. One of them was that learning takes place at a concentrated attention level and the peripheral levels. You talked about different types of memory, different types of learning, that learning happens consciously as well as subconsciously. And then that the brain is gonna process information in parts and in whole. Well, let's share our practical and applicable ways to grow brains as we wrap up this time together. What is a brain-friendly food you want to share? Well, since we talked a little bit about memory, I'll, I'll mention a food that has an impact on memory. Uh, you know, protein is the second largest matter in the brain, it's second only to water, and that's walnuts, uh, peanuts. Those are high in protein and omega fatty acids. So those essential fats and those proteins have a huge impact on, on our memory and our ability to retain information. So I would say, it's important to have nuts and, and fatty acids as a part of the regular diet for a child. What principle that we discussed today should we share with our child and how might we communicate that? Be aware of what's happening in your environment. Your environment is having an impact on who you become later in life, who you expose yourself to, uh, what you listen to, what you watch, uh, either through video or television, whatever medium you're using, is, is shaping you. So be conscious, be intentional about what you take in, because you may end up becoming something that you don't want to become. Or another way of saying that positively, if you, if you if you're intentional about that, you can enhance your ability to become who or what you want to become later in life. Okay. For a fun activity. 
you and your child might come up with some motions related to something they need to learn to help with their memory. Any closing thoughts? Well, the most powerful way that we can enhance a child's learning is to give them a safe environment. Remember that if a person feels unsafe, it, it, it bogs down the ability to take in information. They're so so concerned about being safe that they can't really take things in. But also stimulating experiences, make it fun, make it engaging, make it fulfilling. And then just surround them with educational resources and expose them to positive people. If you do that, then you will greatly impact the child's learning ability and learning process you'll be more satisfied with what your child becomes as they mature as an adult. Well, join us next time for more information and brain building blocks. Please follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Stay connected with Let's Build Their Brain via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Let's Build Their Brain Pod and on Twitter at Build Their Brain. Thank you for checking back with us each Monday for a new episode. We hope you leave each podcast with practical and applicable suggestions to aid your endeavor of building the brains of the ones you love. Until next time, let's build their brains.